0: welcome back ladies and gentlemen to another episode of screw news or skeleton crew news a podcast about star citizen and uh, our experiences with with the game as we follow this magnificent project uh through its ups and its downs. I'm your host, Monster Sixty Nine, and usually I've got a co-host, Mr. Ace, who unfortunately couldn't make it this week. So um, I apologise in advance, um, as I'll be uh, it'll be just my sort of boring voice taking you throughout the the podcast this week. But there's a lot to talk about, guys. Um, has been released to live Um, It is the 1st of May today Just as a reference point So 3.17 has gone live And um, me and the Skeleton crew Had a great opportunity last night To to dive in And and we had a really really fun session Um, There was two Star Citizen videos That was released Let me just bring up their Names quickly Uh, There was a Inside Star Citizen, Cold War and Terror Fair, so we'll go through that, and a Star Citizen live game dev, Ruins of Hope, we'll briefly just touch on that. I also want to go through the MISC Expanse, I know we've spoken about the MISC Expanse at least twice on this podcast, but you know, it's a concept ship, then as time goes on more and more more um, more and more, uh, details get revealed, so we'll go through the MISC Expanse for a third time, and... The lore team have given out uh, a bunch of lore updates, so I just wanted to uh, choose something that interested me um, about the latest lore update, and we'll, we'll have a little bit of a, uh, a discussion about that anyway. Um, so 3.17, guys. 3.17. Uh, it was fun. We played last night. We had a lot of funny moments that only Star Citizen can, can provide, really um but you know the the overarching experience was the frame rate for us all was really good and i'm talking about the fps in orison for example we got like 60 fps some guys got even higher and that is a really really uh it's an amazing thing for me because it gives me a lot of optimism for for, for the project um, not not that I'm a pessimist per se but sometimes I get worried that uh, CIG might be encountering maybe technical issues that are you know unsolvable because at the end of the day they are building something that no one else has ever built and um, sometimes when you climb Mount Everest you might fall off but um, solving the problem of frames at places like Orison and stuff has been amazing I know there's some FPS drops in Lawville but that's in a specific area I'm not too worried about that I think they'll troubleshoot it and fix it because why because they could do the same at Orison so um, I'm really really pleased with with the FPS um, and the stability of 317 is has been really really good so super hyped to uh, continue playing um i'll tell you a funny little funny story um at the end of this we'll go through some some more stuff so the thing that kind of i wouldn't say it's it's negative but it does kind of frustrate me a little bit is they if you like fiddled with or tinkered with the desync of um of you know players and enemy ships On your screen so in 316 when an enemy ship was shooting directly at you on your screen they would kind of be facing a different direction and and for a split second you'd put your guard down thinking that oh this guy's not even shooting at me he's shooting to the left or to the right whereas in fact he was actually shooting at you that sort of position level of desync was um, tinkered with it was improved uh, they but it was came at a cost and, and the cost was that there is a little bit of stuttering and jittering of your target on your screen and also the hit reg box um Of your enemy or whatever is not where you exactly see it it's a little bit in front of it so you could be shooting at something and you'll quickly notice that only some of your shots will hit and look you know hardcore PvPers who are very competitive will say well both that's it's a double-edged sword so both of you will end up missing some shots but that's not really where I'm coming from it 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 is still a A little bit of a a frustrating experience watching your bullets go through the target. You you have to kind of lead your target a little bit more and um, hopefully that'll get fixed. So the desync was improved, but it did come at a cost. Uh, Other things that we noticed in our playthrough was, um, we spoke about this before, was the injuries were made to be such that they were more common and we did experience a lot more injuries than we did in 316. I had a, I had a chest wound, my friend had a leg wound and that was um, that was probably more wounds than we've had in all of 316 and we had that in 317 in one session. So that's really good news for medical gameplay. Uh, we also noticed a little number um, by your... Uh, there's a little human icon in the lower left-hand corner of the screen which shows you your injuries. And I noticed a little number above that when I had an injury, like number 3 or 2 or 1. So it's kind of telling you if you've got a T3, T2, or T1 injury as well on your HUD now, which is really cool. Uh, we also noticed like hunger and thirst, as we've you know discussed before, was, uh, let's say, more active in the sense that uh, it's, it's something to monitor You probably have to take food and drink with you now uh, just to make sure that you don't die of hunger and thirst, which I don't think is a bad thing. I mean, we spend half an hour gearing up with armour and, um, you know, multi-tools and hacking equipment. You know, you just chuck in a burrito as well into your backpack and a bottle of water and, you know, that'll cover you. And that's quite realistic as well. Everyone takes their lunch to work. I don't mind it. Some people... Say you get, you know, too hungry and too thirsty, and uh, it's not needed. But um, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, Fuel consumption as well. Obviously, refueling with the staff error is in, um, and it's working. And fuel consumption has been altered, uh, but it's. I think it's pretty well balanced for me. I haven't had to. I haven't like dramatically ran out of fuel. Um, I haven't needed a staff error yet. Keep in mind, I've only played one session. So, um, yeah. Uh, some new locations as well that we spoke about was Lawville's Maria Pure of Heart uh, interior. And it's a I one. Love, I love the hospital. I love the hospital at Lawville. Uh, first of all, the Maria artwork on the front is really nice. The Maria statue uh, I love how everything in Lawville has got someone from the Hurston family, you know, plastered all over the walls with a bit of lore sort of stuck, you know, stuck on a plaque so you can, um, you know, do some Hurston worship and, and never forget who the bosses are at, at Lawville. But uh really like the fact that it's not just a big white space like other hospitals. It's... It's great. It's made out of stone. Uh, It looks very imperial. I actually like Moorville Hospital. Um, So that's out. Uh, The coffee shop vendor, I haven't gone. I haven't gone and seen the coffee shop vendor yet. Um, Hopefully he or she is better than the bartenders that we currently experience. And I'm pretty sure it's the same code that's running in the back end. So uh, I need to go and give that a test uh they added carryable storage containers to shops in the pu so you can now go buy a container and this is all because of the world of looting that's come out in in 317 you can go loot things you can find quote unquote rare items and um they've given you a storage container that you can go and grab and uh put your stuff in as well so you can buy that at shops in shops as well so that is pretty cool ship and ship components so ship components have now been physicalized like everything else and you'll see them in your inventory and you'll have to move them around accordingly so when you buy a power plant at lawville it's at lawville um and no it's not at everest harbor anymore either they've broken that connection between the spaceports and the uh and the main cities um in 316 they still, if you like, had a inventory bubble around the main cities and the nearest spaceport, but they've broken that as well, so everything's truly physicalized and has a location, including ship components. They've increased the inventory size of um, of your local inventory and stuff, so you can fit these uh, larger objects um, into your inventory. So that's pretty cool. Um, the MISC Hull A is in. Um, I actually have one. I, I don't know why I've got one in my ship list. I'm not sure if it's the ship of the month. I think the 400i was, but uh, I've got a Hull A. I haven't tried it um, because it's not really my ship. I'm not sure why I've got it, but I should give it a go. Uh, but it looks... I'm not a big MISC fan. I don't like MISC. The only Misk I like is the Prospector, and... Uh, the Halle has got a lot of prospective vibes, so yeah, I do like it. Um, and that's the major kind of changes from my from our playthrough. And uh, one of the main things, though, guys, is the um, the uh, what is it? The G twelve G twelve rendering. So there's a back-end change, which I think, I'm not sure, Gen 12, sorry, Gen 12 rendering, right? Look, I'm not a techno guy, I'm not into the technical stuff, and please, please, I I could be getting what I'm I'm about to say pretty wrong, but um, this is just my limited understanding, right? I I think with the Gen 12, I think... um, it's a different rendering engine to the legacy rendering engine um so i think it utilizes your graphics card it utilizes resources um more efficiently let's say uh than the legacy thread or legacy renderer and a segment of the game has been migrated onto the Gen 12 renderer. And CIG is saying the game at the moment is running in dual mode. It's you it's because they haven't finished migrating everything. They the game is still drawing upon the legacy renderer and the Gen 12 renderer, which CIG have predicted will actually lower your frames. So What's kind of blown me away is that COG has warned that in some areas or some cases, you're not gonna realize the improvement of Gen 12 until the whole game has been has been moved on to Gen 12. And when it does, the testing, in their own words, has been amazing. Um, the, it's the, the performance improvement has doubled and this is before the introduction of another technology called the vulcan which which um, is is going to come after gen 12 so for me anyway the point was that they're migrating from one renderer to another they're halfway through it let's say and this should be degrading your performance but when i actually log into the game uh, apart from some parts in warville the rest of the game in that in that one time that I played, was run running marvelously. So I'm really optimistic, guys, and yeah, um, really thankful. CIG has been working really, really hard. This this sort of back-end change is is huge, um, and yeah, looking forward to to that being sort of finished off, if you like. Um, the only kind of negative thing, besides the hit hit reg thing, uh, for me was the selling UI, it looks better, Um, it feels more responsive, this is the shop terminals guys and being able to buy and sell, uh, you know, items, Uh, they revamped the terminal, I think they're using building blocks as it's called, but the negative side is the UI that they've implemented and i realize it's tier zero but at the end of the day we're talking about ui and ui design doesn't need like good design doesn't need a thousand iterations it doesn't need necessarily a t0 a 1 and a 2 and a 3 in my opinion i think good design good interfaces or a good gui You can come out straight away with a tier 1 or a tier 2 version of it. It, it, You don't need to have a crappy UI and then slowly it becomes a good UI. I think a lot of stuff can be kind of wireframed and thought out because simply because there's a lot of good interfaces out there today. You can just copy them. Um, There's a lot of lessons that humanity has learned about interfaces and humans interfacing with computers. So. The shop terminal UI is a bit clunky in the sense that it, it's the same clunkiness that we've experienced with the inventory stuff, you know, like clicking and dragging items and, you know, being able to find things, being able to move things is, is a little bit time consuming. And that's my probably one of my major critiques about the, the uh, buying and selling um, shop terminals. They'll probably you know, um, change it and optimize it going forward, but I am seeing a little bit of a pattern of user interfaces in CIG being a little bit outdated, to be honest, and I don't think there's a reason for that. If there is some sort of weird technological reason that prevents them from creating a really intuitive AI uh, UI to come out on the first bang, then that in itself is a bit worrisome as well. So I'm not sure if, if that is the case or not, but um, I don't think there's there's any real good reason to come out with poorly designed UI. But So that's that's my only critique. That and the hit, uh, Reg, is the only negative stuff. All the other stuff, positive stuff, guys. Really good so far. Uh, my, my one f- foray into 3.17. Had a lot of fun with the crew. Um, funny story, (laughs) we were all in the Hammerhead, and one of my guys, Ash, got stuck in the walls of the Hammerhead, and he wriggled around until he popped out the other side, but unbeknownst to him, we were in orbit around, um, Crusader, and he just started plummeting towards the gaseous depths of Crusader, and we were about 50% of the way to like giving up and letting him just fall to his death but um, Zen our our pilot of the hammerhead was like no let's go let's go try and intercept him so we did we he went down um, overtook him with the hammerhead surprisingly and uh, pointed the hammerhead up at at, at the sky lined up with ashes as it was plummeting towards the the, uh, well towards our hammerhead and boom, Ash smacks into our hammerhead and at this point I was um, I was just inside the hammerhead in the front area where the doors are. There's a like a doorway that goes out to the nose of the hammerhead. And I was literally inside standing there, listening to these guys line each other up and Ash successfully hits the hammerhead and I look up at the ceiling and Ash's body is like caught up in the wires and the pipes above me (laughs) and he's wriggling around and he's alive so he smacks into the hammerhead he's above me in the ceiling like wriggling around and then i'm like ash if you just roll over and maybe crawl a little bit forward you'll you'll you might get out of this situation he rolls over crawls a bit forward bang falls flat on his face in front of my feet i kid you not and we had the greatest laugh and I was like, there is no other game where we could be in a large ship, one of your friends glitches out, plummets towards a planet, we fly underneath him, intercept him, he smacks into our ceiling, gets caught up in the in the pipes and, and wires of of, of of the ceiling of the ship, and then wriggles his way out and falls face first at my feet. Like there is no game that can even come close to providing that experience and and that's one reason why i love star citizen so much it was absolutely hilarious um all right that's 317 guys now let's go on to the two videos so one bit of news is a lot in all the staff that uh needed to move to manchester i think that's kind of Done. everyone that needs to has moved to Manchester as we all know they'll be focusing on Squadron 42 Um, and I think it's a really good thing I think that it'll increase collaboration everyone's going to be working in, in one big giant campus Um, interactions between you know different departments and staffs will become a lot more streamlined and all in all I'm very happy to see that the project's got the money and the funding to get some nice brand new offices and bring everyone together to collaborate accordingly I think that's awesome so that's happening Um, and there was two videos there was inside star citizens wear and tear so let's have a look at that so I'm going to start with the end of that video, guys, to kick things off. Uh, the end was really interesting. We saw a lot of footage of an arrow flying through Pyro. And Pyro looks like a mysterious place, to say the least. Uh, it's going to be, I think, the opposite of Stanton in every in every way. Um, it's going to be unlawful. It's going to be chaotic. It's going to have an air of mystery about it. Um... These, uh i recommend you watch the video especially the end part where the, the arrows flying through old relics and husks of old ships wreckages um, and there's just you know wonderful colors in in, in the background of space uh, that that fills fills out the background um, and then there was a mysterious shot of i think it was a archimedes or one of those merlins it was flying through this like crevice i don't know if it was a crevice in this on the surface of a planet i don't know if it was a weird asteroid that was split and and this thing was flying through it but there was this weird stony crevice and this ship was flying through it and there seemed to be like metallic veins of something or another in in the stony walls of of this crevice. And there was some structures, some some wreckage and structure that it was also flying through. And uh, Jared specifically said that we're going to learn more about that location at the end of the year. So, yeah, excited to see what, what that's about. So, yeah, we saw a bit more of Pyro, and it looks like a creepy, mysterious place. I can't wait, hopefully, to experience it probably next year i would say um i think server meshing is needed before we we get to experience pyro but yeah hopefully it'll come soon super excited Um, and then the beginning of the video a gentleman by the name of forrest went through um this sort of new tech that he has proposed internally to to chris roberts and it was all about biome accumulation. So it was all about the wear and tear or the biome accumulation of uh you know different let's say weathers and uh different conditions that that impact your clothing and probably your ship, but it was actually more your clothing. They showed your clothing more than more than your ship. So we're talking about, you know, getting sandy, getting wet, um, getting muddy, getting grime on you, um, all that stuff. So Forrest has proposed a procedural tech to produce a variety of uh, biome accumulation. And um, there was, yeah, there was some some really good sort of footage of um, actors with With, you know, muddy or sandy uh, kind of wear and tear on their clothing. So what does it mean for us as gamers? Well, it just means that, again, that extra level of detail um, that will immerse us into the verse, you know. So you go on a muddy planet, your dude's going to be muddy. And I think that's going to tie into the use of the shower and being hygienic and how NPCs react to you and things like that so uh, also Forrest's proposal was to generate this stuff procedurally to reduce time on developers or artists um, which is pretty cool Uh, then there was some few other little tidbits shown in in the video there was a collision resolver where NPCs get to walk around each other I'm like okay Uh, they did mention it was for Squadron 42 as well and I was like okay I mean I would have thought collision resolver of NPC would have done would have been done a few years ago, but okay, that's cool. There was downstate reactions again, kind of things that you would think would be done by now, but um, they're still building it. So downstate reaction is when an NPC comes across a dead body. Um, so they had guys kneeling down checking out the body. They had guys standing over the body they had guys kneeling down checking over the body and then reacting to players coming up to it reacting and shooting him just things like that so how npcs react to dead or knocked out bodies uh and then there was a pips vending machine uh thing as well where it showed npcs buying something uh, from the pips vending machine and um what i got out of that was don't litter guys Put your junk in the bin because that will impact server performance <laughs> um, so that was the main stuff from inside star citizens wear and terror fair uh, there was another video that i'm not gonna go into much if, if you're interested go have a look it was star citizen live game dev ruins of home and it was about ruins design so it was a uh, star citizen developer sitting there going through how he would design ruins. And uh, it, it's, it was pretty interesting if you're into that stuff. Uh, I'm always intrigued about artwork and the aesthetics. And I do love the direction that the Habs and the Homes and the dilapidated ruins and all that stuff are, are going. I, I do love the artwork in Star Citizen. I've said it several times before. Um, But yeah, go check that out. It's called Star Citizen Live Game Dev Ruins of Home, Uh, but not much more to add besides that. And then there was this. um, Some more MISC Expanse, guys. So sorry for you podcasters, audio podcasters, on the YouTube version, I do have the if you like the brochure up uh of the misc expanse and i know we've gone through this several times a little bit um but i wanted to go through um, some things that were confirmed so refining on an expanse is going to be uh, done via the tractor beam so there's a nice picture here of the one of the mining pods, if you like, from, from the uh, prospector. In this example is being tractor beamed up to this kind of rear section of the expanse. And you can see this little connector at the back where these pods connect into and the transfer of resources begins. Um, so that's interesting. Again, another shot here of the tractor beam pulling in one of those pods on the rear side. So that'll be fun. I mean, the tractor beam's already in the game. So, um, the heart of the expanse is its onboard refinery, this fully integrated, self sufficient system. Processes raw ore from external mineral pods into refined saleable material, which it then distributes into empty containers waiting in the pod bays. Trouble-free offboarding. Cargo containers full of refined ore are easily offboarded thanks to the foolproof design of the pod bay and tractor beams. Unload significant volumes of ore for huge profit and move on to the next job in no time. So, I mean, with this picture, there's a bunch of expanses going towards a refinery place or somewhere to, not a refinery, some a hub to offload these pods. And I wonder what that would look like, actually. You get the tractor beam and or maybe you just drop them. You literally just unclamp them and take off, maybe who knows. Um, and yes, the weapons are just two size one weapons on the front of the expanse, so yeah, you ain't going to be defending diddly swap with this, and that's to be expected. It's just a refinery ship, um. The tractor beam is a Xi'an-inspired tractor tech. makes loading and unloading pods effortless. So the tractor beam utilizes alien technology. It's got a length of 35.5 meters. It's got a height of 10 meters. It's got a crew of one. And it's got a size one tractor beam. um, And it's got two size one weapons on the nose as well. Um, There was another picture here. That kind of zoomed in on the tractor beam, you get a nice shot of the tractor beam. What's a little bit unclear here is how the prospector hands over the pod. I'm assuming that prospector just disengages the pod in space and just like floats away from them, if you like. And then The Expanse's tractor beam like grabs one, pulls it across, sucks it dry, lets it go, pulls another one. But I feel like these pods would be at some point kind of floating around in space. I don't know what the Prospector does to put its now empty pod back into its own uh, sleeve, if you like, on the Prospector. And the picture that I'm looking at doesn't really give me any clues as to how that works. Does the prospector have its own tractor beam? I'm not sure. If anyone knows, please comment, tweet me at at monster69 or leave a comment on the YouTube um, because I have no idea. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? The, The prospector has to disengage from its own pods that are full of raw materials. I don't know what that looks like exactly. Does it just unlock it and then they float out into space? What does it look like? I mean, on the surface of the planet, I can see it, a landed prospector, just unlock its latches and just fly off and the four pods just remain on the ground. That's easy. Um, In space, yeah. Yeah. I can just imagine these things floating around, wobbling around, and uh, the poor prospector is gonna like go pod hunting. Uh, there's a picture here somewhere of the tractor beam. Here it is. There it is. So you can see the tractor beam, and you can see the pipe there that ultimately will be sucking all the all the raw materials out here. You can see it's connected, and uh, that's what what the interface looks like between the pods and the expanse, which is pretty cool, well thought out. But yeah, guys, that's the expanse. It's uh. The Expanse Plus Stardust Paint is 148 US dollars. Uh, that's the standalone ship, the Expanse standalone ship. Um, that's War Bond. Sorry, is that War Bond? Yes, that's War Bond. 148.50. Without War Bond, it's 165 US. And then there's a whole bunch of different packs and stuff you can get. So yeah, I just wanted to sort of zoom in on the actual interface and the tractor beam and how these pods connect to the expanse, everything else we've already spoken about on previous podcasts. So let's move on to the next thing, which was a, a bit of a, uh, Galacticpedia update guys. And so When the lore team give out an update, God bless them, they update like half a dozen topics. And there's a lot of good stuff you can read and it kind of fleshes out the universe a little bit more. It's really cool. Um, I think this Galactic PD update was focused around the Ellis system. So there's a lot of planets and stuff that uh, were kind of fleshed out, if you like, in the Ellis system in this lore update. But... The one that drew my attention is a planet called Green. Very simple name. Green. Um, It's it's the third planet from the sun of the Ellis system. It's part of the UEE. It's a warm oceanic world dotted with high-end resorts and small cities. So this is a place I want to go on holiday. This is where I want to go to... to to get some proper R&R after, like, you know, fighting it out in Pyro, (laughs) fighting for scraps in Pyro, I want to go to Green. Um, I could imagine this sort of paradise planet with oceans and islands um, and high-end resorts and small cities. So Green is home to the most popular spacecraft race in the UEE, the Murray Cup. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's... You can see the planet if you go to the racing module in Arena Commander. I think that is green. I could be wrong, but I think that is green. Um, Green's economy relies on a steady flow of tourists who visit the planet to take advantage of its mild climate and immaculate beaches. So this place to me sounds like it's paradise. Uh, and uh yeah definitely a place i would love to visit um and and hang out in green and another planet in the same system of ellis it's called noble weird names noble and green this one is a heavily forested planet and when someone says heavily forested planets I i immediately think ewoks Don't blame me, but that's just where my brain goes. And it's one of the three habitable planets in the system. In the early days after its terraforming, colonists established settlements and harvested resources as needed with little regard to preserving the natural environment. Well, that's not like us, is it? When visitors from the nearby planets, Campos and Green, began visiting Noble to enjoy its pristine landscapes, bringing a great deal of income with them, The Governor's Council voted to roll back its urban development plans and instead focus on the creation of a tourist industry. So Noble has put a stop to its, you know, uh, pillaging of the planet and realized it can make money off of tourism. What's a bit ironic is it seems like there are people from the planet of green, which sounds like paradise, would come to a forested planet? Why not why not they probably get sick of their uh, beautiful beaches and crystal clear blue waters and they're like I want to go see a jungle screw this <laughs> let's go to the jungle um, so yeah anyway there's there's tourists from green and Campos that come to to noble and yeah it's it's a good bit of income and the government's put a hold on on you know, destroying the environment which I think is pretty noble like the planet state and um so now you've got noble which looks like is gearing or optimizing it to become a tourist destination more than anything and you've got green that we just spoke about which seems to be paradise island paradise planet to be honest and that's that seems to also be another tourist um destination so Two out of the three planets that are habitable are predominantly tourist destinations in in Ellis, guys. So bookmark Ellis. I think all you origin owners need to make green or noble your home base because that's just the vibes that I'm getting. The third planet of system Ellis called Campos, Campos is the first settled and most populous planet in the Ellis system. Famous for a unique ecosystem adopted to high gravity. Campos is a favorite subject for xenobiologists, paleontologists and evolutionary biologists. It's most well-known animal and namesake is the Camposi Magnus, an extinct aquatic predator that once stalked the oceans. Animals found in Campos tend to be stocky and muscular because of the high pressure on them. And native edible plants undergo changes in flavor when grown in lower gravity conditions. So this place is high gravity. Um, I don't get a sense of whether or not if it's, if it's beautiful or not, um, but it's the third habitable planet of the Alice system. So we've got Campos, we've got green, and we got noble. So, sounds like a pretty cool system, man. There's at least two holiday destinations there, and um, and we got one high high grav uh, <laughs> planet. I, I don't know what it would feel like with high grav. I think you become strong. I think you become strong. I think your muscles. Yeah, you become strong, right? Because your muscles are constantly fighting gravity. Um, Maybe you go there to to work out and go to the gym. I don't know. You come out built, built like a brick house. Uh, and then you go to green to, to have a nice holiday on the beach. But yeah, guys, so that's the Ellis system. And they're the three main planets. Um, really, really interesting stuff. Thank you, law team. You do an amazing job, guys. And that wraps up uh, this episode of Screw News. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Jump into 317 and um bring on 318 upwards and onwards peace out guys take care